0: Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you're here today. And I'm convinced that God's word is able to build you up to do all that he has called you to do. And also very, very importantly, God's word is able to empower you to become the person that God has called you to be, the mature image of Christ Jesus formed within your life. Praise God. Amen. Well, today, let's take our Bibles. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings, and I'd like to share something special today in the offering. Uh, Isaiah chapter 60, and we have looked at verse 1. Let's take a look at it again today. Arise, shine, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Now, this expression of darkness covering the earth and deep darkness the people, or as the King James Version says, gross darkness Covering the people spiritually, where evil can be celebrated, where good can be called wrong, and bad can be called good. My friends, we are there. And when you read Isaiah chapter 60, you are looking at the end time church, the triumphant church rising above all of the difficulties that are floating around in the last days. And despite there being gross darkness in the earth, the end time church is still an overcoming church. It is the golden church. Uh, You could even call it the golden age of the church. Let us not forget that the church birthed in the book of Acts chapter two there on the day of Pentecost was actually a church in the stage of infancy and the church has been growing more and more. And yes, we have to admit that the early church had tremendous uh, manifestations of the spirit. And we've seen glorious manifestations of the spirit throughout the beautiful history of the church, but is the end time church that is destined to experience not only the former rain, which is what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, the experience of the outpouring of the spirit. But we, we, my friends have the former uh, rain and also the latter rain, rain uh, being uh, a indicator of the Holy Spirit's outpouring upon our lives. Praise the Lord. So, This is the hour of the church. And when you read through Isaiah chapter 60, you are looking at the church age in which we are now living the church at the end of the age. This is the church's finest hour. This is also destined to be your finest hour. Don't miss out. Plug into the living word of God and see what God has for you. Verse three. The Gentiles shall come to your light and Kings to the brightness of your rising. So this, my friends, again, is time for the church to be salt and light to the nations of the world, to those that are outside of Christ and Kings to the brightness of your rising. So there is the rising of the church. Praise the Lord. Now I would like for us to go over the verse eight which is an unusual verse, but I want to share this with a prophetic insight and I want to share something special. Isaiah chapter 60, verse eight, who are these who fly like a cloud and like doves to their roost. Now a bird needs a nest. A dove is not just flying randomly. It is flying where to its roost. Praise the Lord. The Holy spirit has been doing some amazing things behind the scenes, and there has been a culmination of what has been literally years and years of prayer, and also uh, many opportunities where my wife and I in this ministry were able to sow into the uh, into other good ministries and the good soil of their ministries, so that they could take the gospel forth in uh, specialized ways, and now. The Lord has spoken to my heart that it's time for the next rising up of the next branch of the ministry and it's time for its birthing. My friends, we have just received a very special offer to purchase a hanger for the future mission jet that we will one day have, and that day is not far off. But first, before we receive the aircraft, we must have the place to put it. And doves fly where to their roost. We have an opportunity to purchase a very nice roost. And my wife and I have toured this hangar. It is in excellent condition. It has all of the specifications that would allow us to get up and start it as is. It's ready to go already, and. We could bring that aircraft right in there and begin establishing the flight operations. But my friends, first, we need the roost. We need the hangar. praise God. And it has been presented to us to this ministry for sale. And my wife and I were out there just a couple of days ago walking through it. And it's an excellent opportunity, But, but it's God's opportunity for this ministry. My friends, the hangar price is 400K, $400,000, and I'm believing that between now and Thanksgiving that we can see God do something special and that the dove will be able to fly to the roost, that the aircraft will have the hangar, but we've got to get the hangar first. That's the first step. Everything in life is step by step. Everything is progressive, but this is something that I have prayed about for quite some time and I sense with all of my heart that the Lord is in this, you know, with the messages that I've been teaching lately, there has been an emphasis of the Holy spirit to never venture into something that God has not called you into. But when God does call you into something, then you must step forward in faith and especially take advantage of the door that the Lord would present. That is a door that is originated and authored by him. And that's what we're endeavoring to do. Praise God. So I would like to, of course, today receive the tithes that we normally receive for the general operating expenses of the ministry. And at the same time, there at our website, we have a special link that you can click on and that you can sew into the Hangar Project. Now, that Hangar Project has been there on the website for a little while. The Lord has been blessing that, but it is now time for us to really step on that and do something special because we're about 400 K out, but I believe that God can do it. And I would like to hear from you with your very best offering towards the hangar project between now and Thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart right now as to what he would have you do. Do. I believe that every offering counts. And as we pull together and believe the Lord, we will see this ministry be established in the area of international aviation in the sense that we will have the ability to touch nations around the world with the gospel. Now, we are on television, and the television broadcast on the various networks is going all around the world, but we still at times, must go in person. And there's going to be a lot of me going in person to places where, how can we say, the wood is dry. In other words, you throw that log on the fire, and it's going to catch on fire. And that's what we're coming to do, to bring the fire to dry wood around the world. And many of these places are in undeveloped nations where the people are desperate for divine intervention and they want to see the power of God. And when seeing the glory of God, then of course, so many of them give their hearts to the Lord as well. And we want to build up the church, but we also want to win the lost. This ministry is under divine mandate to win 1 million souls to the Lord. I don't take it lightly. I don't put that on the website because that looks like a neat banner or something like that. No, we're We are completely sold out to this purpose and to this cause. So this is a divine commissioning to step into this new branch of the ministry, the aviation ministry. And it begins with a hanger. My friends, I'm going to be praying for you that the seed that you sow touch, touch the miracle power of God Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now today, I want to share some things about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to share some things, of course, from Scripture, but as well, uh, some personal experiences I've had with the Holy Spirit. And I want to take it a, a certain direction that, believe, that I believe the Holy Spirit is emphasizing for today's message. But this is an opportunity. Where as a church family around the world and is with ministry partners. This is the time for us to rise up and go praise the Lord and step through this door. Now, if you're watching and you're just saying, well, pastor Stephen, I'm just here to enjoy today's message. You still can have the opportunity to sow into this, this soil into this project. And I believe absolutely that God will bless your seed. I'm believing for the 100 fold return which is God's very best return multiplied upon the seed that you sow. Praise the Lord. So, my friends, there is gross darkness, yes, in the earth, but the glory is rising. This is your time to shine. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Listen, the church is not going back into a cave. The church is not going back into the stone age, the church in every aspect concerning ministry, concerning the various career fields of education, of medicine and science and so forth. The church is going forward on all fronts, including technology and the leading things that God is releasing in the earth today. You're not going back into some kind of primitive state. You're going forward into the fullness of God's glory. Praise the Lord. So thank you for standing with us as together this ministry moves forward and takes advantage of this golden opportunity presented. And I believe with all of my heart that we're going to see it take place. I would like to hear from you on this special project between now and thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. That's November the 25th. Praise the Lord. Now, let me pray over your tithes. Let me pray for you also as you seek the Lord about sowing a very special seed into the Hangar Project. That Hangar is waiting for us right now. We can go purchase it right now. It is, it is exactly what I would like. Praise the Lord. And we have been praying. Now it presents itself. We must honor the Lord and step into this open door. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for those that are bringing their tithes in and also that want to be a part of this project. I thank you for their liberal hearts. And I thank you, Father, for showing them by your Holy Spirit the amount that you would have them to sow. And I pray, Father God, that as they're sowing their seed, Father God, that you would do something that would represent your glory expressed in their life. Because this is their time to shine. We are a body. This is not the time for just an individual or two within the church. This is the time for your people to shine, to bring the lost to Christ. So, Father, the seed that they're sowing, let there be a miracle return upon it in Jesus name I pray of the 100 fold your very best multiplied back in Jesus name amen and up until Thanksgiving I'm going to be praying for you especially concerning this need and this harvest God's blessing upon your seed thank you for giving praise the Lord thank you for standing with us when divine opportunities are presented Thank God for my partners and church members. Praise the Lord. Now, for those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, you can do so. Please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, the zip code 28654. Now, as you're bringing your tithe in, also if you have a special offering for the hanger, make sure that's noted that that would be for the hanger so we can designate it towards that. Okay. And if you would like to bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so literally from anywhere in the world and you can do so anytime, day or night, please visit our website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that says, Give. It has a red heart on it. And when you click that, you'll see the area for the tithes. And you'll also see that we have an area for the hanger. Woo. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. You know, it's a little bit surreal. I mean, it, it is real, but it's a little bit like kind of dreamy, because for years and years, I've prayed for this. And. We now have the opportunity, the right opportunity, the right one to move forward. Praise God. It's very, very exciting. Again, thank you for standing with us and I will keep you posted as we move towards the goal of 400 K glory to God, 400,000 praise the Lord. The Lord's going to help us do it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Father, bless your people. I thank you. I thank you for your increase and your glory resting upon their upon their lives to draw attention for the sake of evangelism and winning the lost to Christ that is the whole purpose of your glory to exalt Christ now father we thank you in jesus name we pray amen and amen praise the lord now today i would lo- i would like to talk along the lines of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit working in your life. And so I would like for us to go to the book of Zechariah, Zechariah chapter four. And I really like the book of Zechariah because there's so much angelic activity in this prophetic book. And of course, I've said this before, I would like to repeat it again. I believe in the ministry of angels, and I believe that angels are vital for the New Testament church to be successful and to do what God has called us to do, to get the job done, as we would say. Praise the Lord. And there's also angelic communication going on between the angels and the prophet Zechariah as he's seen visions in the spirit realm. So I also believe in angelic communication because that is biblical throughout the Old Testament as well as into the new. Praise God. All right, we're going to be in Zechariah chapter 4. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we are in your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come with wisdom and revelation that your word would be unveiled to us and so that we can understand it clearly, apply it to our lives and walk in our inheritance in Christ. We thank you for the ministry of your spirit in Jesus. Then we pray. We all agree and say, amen. Praise the Lord. First one. Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me. See, that's why I believe in angelic communication because it's in the Bible and awakened me as a man who was wakened out of his sleep, and he said to me, What do you see? So I said, I am looking, and there is a lampstand of solid gold. That's very important that it's made out of gold because you're going to see here that the lampstand is a prophetic picture of the end time church. And it's made of pure gold, the whole thing's made out of gold. And I'm telling you that the end times church. The, the church that will function in the last days, which is where we're at right now, is appointed to be the church of the golden era. Mm-mm. Praise God. This is not time for your failure. This is not time for your demise. This is the time for your lifting. Praise the Lord. So I said, I am looking, and there was a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the s- stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps, two olive trees are by it one at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered, I spoke to the angel who talked with me saying, what are these? My Lord, then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? And so the prophet being very humble said no. And then revelation understanding began to flow to him. Praise the Lord. Now, What we see here in the Old Testament is that the lampstand here would symbolize the nation of Israel. And you had two primary offices that are being represented here by the two olive trees. That would be the office of the King and also the office of the priest. And they are flowing. The, the olive trees are causing the oil to flow into the receptacle. And then the receptacle is feeding uh, the various branches of the menorah representing here, the nation of Israel, by the way, the national symbol of Israel is the menorah. Okay. Okay. And so it would be represented by the two olive trees providing the oil. That again is the the offices of the king and priest. And during this time you had Zerubbabel who wasn't really titled as a king, although he is the grandson of the king, but he's returning from captivity and his official title is governor. But he really is in a kingly position. So he would be function as the king and then you have Joshua who is operating in the priest office as that of the high priest. But as we move into the church age in which we are now in and we are at the end of this age, we see that the church is represented by the golden lampstand. Therefore we know that the church Is called to a high calling. And we also know that things are different now with these offices of king and priest as revealed in the last book in the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. We see in Revelation chapter one, verse five, and from Jesus Christ. The faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and father to him be glory and dominion. Forever and ever. Amen. I'm telling you, there's kingly anointing in you, there's priestly anointing in you. It says that we have been made kings and priests to God, our Father. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm ec- I'm excited about that because There's a big difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we know that great difference is basically that in the Old Testament, everything was pointing to Messiah. And we know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the savior of the world. He came and gave his life as a ransom for the lost to be saved as it again says in verse five to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood who praise God. So everything in the old Testament, setting things up and looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And he has come, he has accomplished his work through his death, burial, resurrection, and glorious ascension. Praise God. So now we are in the new covenant. Ratified through the precious blood of Christ. And we have also uh, this big difference where now the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of the believer. Yes, we are now in this role, functioning as kings and priests unto our God. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is now here, He's in us. And so we have the presence of God potentially that we can walk in all the time. And we are called to walk in the spirit and to walk in the spirit takes a real balance. Praise the Lord. We see that with a pineapple. If you ever try one of the fruit of the spirit, if you ever take a pineapple and try to just stand it up, it'll fall to the left or right or forward or backwards. So it takes real balance to walk in the fruit of the spirit. Praise God with self-control and so forth and and patience and everything. But my friends, we are called to walk in the spirit and we are called to enjoy God's presence 24-7. Praise God. And when you look back at the Old Testament and you look at the law of Moses and you look at what we would now call Judaism, you see that Judaism in essence focuses on the rules and regulations of the law consisting of ethics and society uh, rules and structure and so forth, how to conduct yourself, how to live your life, how to live together with others. We have the Ten Commandments and so forth. But really, there was not a focus on the presence of God. Now God's presence could be sensed. They called it the Shekinah glory. But That was only on unusual occasions, but now you can have the glory of God, the presence of the Lord in your life. Anytime you live, you don't have to live in Jerusalem. You uh, you don't have to live at the temple because that old Testament temple tabernacle structure is now gone. So you can have the Holy spirit with you all the time. And when he's with you all the time and you're yielding to the word and the Holy Spirit, as He instructs you how to live in the light of the Word, then you enjoy the beautiful presence of the Holy Spirit. And you realize that it is the Holy Spirit that makes all the difference. Because if you were to go to uh, Israel today or Jerusalem today and talk not only with the secular Jew who's just you know interested in making money and living life and wants a successful life, but even, even those that would be... Yeshiva students, or even the rabbis, and you talk to them, this whole uh, thing about the Holy Spirit, uh, they're not familiar with that. Now, they understand uh, the Ruach of God, the, the breath of God, the Spirit of God. They understand that there is the Spirit of God, but they don't really know about Him because you have to be born again. You have to be born from above to know the, the fellowship and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. So they're very um, much interested in the Holy Spirit, but they can't put their finger on the experience because you can't get that with rules and regulations. And even by following the precepts and commandments of the law, you get it through the new birth experience. Praise God. Mm-mm. So we have the distinct privilege of enjoying The presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I would like for us to look at a beautiful scripture found in 2 Corinthians. Let's jump over there. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Praise God. And verse 14. The Apostle Paul tells us that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion or fellowship. Of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Now, I'm not the only one who has noticed that distinct signing off of the Apostle Paul in his second letter to the church in Corinth is such an unusual statement. The communion of the Holy Spirit or the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is something that God wants us to enjoy. And it's a beautiful thing where you don't have to carry around Uh, the Ten Commandments and have them in front of you all the time. Why? Because the Spirit of God writes them on your heart and He's with you all the time to help you walk in the light of God's Word. I don't have to have the 633 uh, rules and regulations all laid out. I've got the Holy, I've got the word, but I've got the Holy Spirit with me all the time. And the Holy Spirit goes even beyond the letter of the law. The Holy Spirit allows you to be sensitive to uh, mood and sensitive to the way that you present yourself and sensitive to the way that you listen to others so that it's not just about rules or regulations. It's about the way that you live your entire life. <laughs> and he's there with you at three o'clock in the morning. He's there with you when you wake up to get your morning breakfast or your morning coffee. Praise God. And he's leading you and guiding you all the time. Praise the Lord. And it is true that when you begin to understand this, you begin to see what was endeavoring to be unveiled through the prophet Zechariah, that it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Again, let's jump back over to uh, Zechariah and uh we'll go back to chapter 4. And we have verse 7. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. So we see that the Holy Spirit with his power, with the anointing, with 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 the release of grace, grace can cause any mountainous situation in your life to be laid flat and also so that you get the job accomplished. They had started rebuilding the temple. It was destroyed in the days of Solomon. So they laid the foundation for a new temple and they begun the work, but then persecution arose and it lay dormant. The work stopped for 14 years and the Lord Wasn't happy about that. So he sends prophets and the prophets begin to stir up the people once again to complete what God had assigned for them to do within their generation. And sure enough, through the prophesying of the prophets and through the anointing of the spirit, they completed the rebuilding of that temple. And you're going to get everything done that God has called you to do, but it won't be by your might or by your power, although you will fully apply yourself to the best of your abilities, but in the same way, it will be by the Holy spirit. And we see that again in Zechariah chapter four, verse six. So this is the hour. This is the time of the lifting of the church as the golden lampstand. Praise the Lord for the world to see, see the church is as on a hill, a bright light proclaiming the gospel. We are light. We are salt. We illuminate. We help people to see the, the distinctive difference between spiritual light and spiritual darkness, good and evil. And we also, because we're salt, we preserve. And salt keeps things from rotting, it keeps society from rotting and becoming complete filth. Praise the Lord. So, my friends, This is not something that we hide. God is lifting up the church, and the church is coming into the fullness of the golden age. Woo! Praise the Lord. And when we get our job done, we are going to preach the gospel to all of the earth. And then we will wrap things up and go to be with the Lord. Look at the gospel of Luke chapter 24. Praise the Lord. Luke 24 and let's go to verse 49. Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But Terry, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The church must have this power. And it's this power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to be transformed into the glorious bride that Christ will return to take with him glory to God. Look at this very clearly in the book of Ephesians chapter five, Ephesians chapter five. And let's drop down the verse 25. Husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Anytime you're in the word, meditating on the word, studying the God's word, the Bible, you're washing your mind. You are cleansing your mind. Praise God. That's something that we need to do on a regular basis. Verse 27, that he might present her, that would be the church, to himself, a glorious church. Please, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, understand that Jesus is not coming back for a defeated church. He's not coming back for a church that's wiped out where at the very last moment he bails them out because you're so defeated. No, he's coming back for a glorious church. I am telling you, the end time church is the glorious church, the golden church, the golden age of God's people upon the earth. Praise the Lord that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I feel like I've got a few wrinkles in my garment. Well, then that's what the Holy Spirit helps you with. He's the hot iron that's applied to your wrinkle clothing, <laughs> and he's going to turn up the heat to get the wrinkles out, praise God, so that your robe of righteousness is ready to go. Praise the Lord. And so that you're up and functioning in the fullness of God's will and plan for your life. And it's the Holy Spirit also working to remove not only the wrinkles, but also the spots. Because you could have a stain on your garment. And even if everything else is clean, if you have a stain right here, all eyes, everybody else, they're going to look right at that stain. And that represents also the stain would represent sloppiness. Nobody goes out into a a crowd and just walks around acting like everything's normal when there's spaghetti sauce all over their shirt, because that tells you that something's not right. So that has to be removed. And that spot remover of the Holy spirit is like bleach that will cleanse it completely white so that it's pure. And it's just the way that it's supposed to be. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. As you read the word and there's that washing of the word, the Holy Spirit illuminates that scripture and literally makes it where you're eating the hidden manna out of the golden bowl. And you're saying, my God, this is, this is life. It is, it is the word of God. This is not ink on paper. This is the living, breathing word of God, sharper than Any two-edged sword, it is so sharp, it can actually separate between spirit and soul. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. So the Holy Spirit, my friends, is working. But notice the importance of the Spirit of God Or even Jesus told the apostles, even after over three years of training, of being with them daily for over three years, it wasn't time to send them out completely, uh, just ready to go. He said, you must wait in Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at this in a different facet in the gospel of Matthew chapter three. And let's go to verse 16. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. I'm telling you, the moment that happened, the moment the Spirit of God came upon his life, his whole world changed. Because up until that time, he's the carpenter. Oh yes, he had, he had some special moments like when he was at the temple and he's asking questions and answering questions there at the temple with the uh, religious experts, but still he was pretty much in the shadows. He was only known as the son of Joseph and as being the carpenter, but my friends, the moment, the spirit of God came on his life. Now we see divine movement in his life. And so it's good to know the principles. It's good to know the word of God, but my friends, you're going to need the Holy spirit because he's the one that causes the movement to take place in your life. It is literally God with you. He is God with you. And it makes all of the difference. Praise the Lord. It has certainly made all of the difference for Jesus. We see it again in Luke chapter four. Verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the spirit, in the power of the spirit to Galilee and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Well, how come it didn't go out earlier? How come news of him did not go out five years earlier? How come news of him did not go out 10 years earlier? Because he had not yet been anointed and empowered by the spirit. Mm -mm. but when the time came for his commissioning, the spirit of God came up on him. And the moment it happened, everything's different. And after a time of separation with prayer and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and the spirit of God all over him, he is powered up and he became famous. You could say it's like it happened overnight. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. So how in the world do you ever expect to make it without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life? Woo! You're going to have to get the know the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Mm-mm-mm. Because he is directly responsible for the lifting of God's people and for the fulfillment of impossible task. Not by might, nor by your own power or ability, but by the Holy Spirit. He's the one that brings the grace, grace so that the capstone is laid and that the finished product can now be seen to the glory of God. Watch him do it in your life. Watch him do it in your life. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is so precise in leading us. And we see, of course, that on Acts chapter 2, the day that the disciples were all gathered together, 120 of them in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit fell in great power upon them, and then they went out empowered by the Spirit. Suddenly pre- Peter's preaching like another man, and the other apostles began to operate in what the Lord had called them to do in fullness. They began eventually to go to different assignments, different places. Hallelujah! What a beautiful thing I've been various places, even in India where the apostle Thomas went as far as India. He was actually martyred in India and uh, was buried in the land of India. But it is true also that they say that he even ventured into Pakistan and he even mentioned, uh, excuse me, uh, traveled and ministered briefly in what we know as modern day China and then came back and Completed his ministry there in India, but even at his gravesite, there's markers today. They're in Chennai, sometimes called Madras, the old language uh, for the city, because that city is thousands of years old. Um, there's markers where Thomas is buried, and there's a list of all the blind people that had their eyes opened. It gives numbers, statistics of all the cripples that were healed. I mean, he had a powerful, powerful. Ministry, all of this because of the Holy Spirit. And they were sent out. So you don't have to stay in Jerusalem anymore. It's not localized, it's not centralized. He's with you anywhere you go. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And those men went out and they turned the world upside down. And the Holy Spirit is still moving today all over the world, doing beautiful things to exalt Christ, to draw men to Christ so that they might be saved and so that they might walk in the good things that God has planned for them to enjoy and experience praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit was impressing upon upon my heart that in this in this season that we're now in, we need to pick it up a little bit in a certain area. It's kind of like if you're running uh, and you're going to have to pick the pace up a little bit. I believe we need to pick the pace up in this particular area and let's take a look at it in Psalm 67. We're now going to Psalm 67 because the Holy Spirit, he is able to discern the will of God. He can search into the deep things of God and take them and reveal them you. Praise the Lord so that you can walk in it and enjoy it. Psalm 67 verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy. And you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God shall bless us. My friends, we're in a place right now where the Lord wants more praise. Why? Because the Lord has great plans for your life, and he wants praise to be a great part of your lifestyle. Not just a, uh, you know, happy moment type thing, but he wants you to begin to merge into the river of praise. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How can you really tell If another person is born again, I'll tell you what you start praising and worshiping. You can find out real quick if they're real or if they, uh, or a spy agent. That's a plant to, uh, uh, you know, arrest everybody in your secret church meeting. But I tell you what, you start praising the Lord. You can't, there's a place in the spirit where it, when it begins to pour out of you, praise begins to pour out of you. You cannot fake that. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Oh, there's uh, fake demonic tongues. There's counterfeit, all kinds of stuff. There's, there's people that that fake worship and fake praise. But when you're really in the spirit, it is powerful. It's beautiful. And also there's a unity where you all link together and heaven begins to open over your life because the Lord Jesus Christ in the habits, he dwells among the praises of his people. And when he's there, there's power, glory to God. And so the Holy Spirit was showing me that we need to be increasing our praise to Jesus and to God that we might glorify the Lord and praise him more consistently. And also notice here in verse verse five, let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you, then the earth shall yield her increase. I believe that when we are in a heart of praise, not grumbling, complaining, but we have a heart of praise, I believe from Scripture and also from personal experience, it plays a tremendous positive impact upon our harvest. And when you sow seed, you think, well, how do I water the seed? Well, in physical farming, when you sow a seed, you have to put water on it. So, that it will grow and that it will be, you know, grow up and do what it's supposed to do. We uh, had a few bare areas or low places around the ministry property. So we had dirt uh, placed in those low low areas to bring them up level. And then it was covered over with seed and straw, but that's not enough. You have to uh, put water on it regularly. Well, that was done. And now those places are green, green, green everywhere. It's green. Praise God. But my friends, your praise is, the water upon the seed that you sow. And when you praise the Lord, you are watering your seeds so that you can receive miracle harvest. Then the earth shall yield her increase. That's after you've praised the Lord. Mm -mm. We need to be praising the Lord glory to God. Now, of course we have the classic text of a great praise example and we must also, I'm going to go to that in just a moment, but we must also be mindful of the, of the Psalms, 150 Psalms that are designed as a songbook of praise and worship to the Lord. And you might think, well, Pastor Stephen, I don't, I don't really even know what to sing. Well, come back to the songbook and find you a Psalm that makes you happy, that you can sing to the Lord, whether it's Psalm 23, Psalm 91, Psalm one hundred and three, or if you get real happy, sing all of Psalm one hundred and nineteen and just praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. There's your song book right there. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let us go over to the book of Acts. We're going to go to Acts chapter sixteen. I haven't forgotten about the Holy Spirit. I want to share some things in a moment about the Holy Spirit, but I'm also emphasizing what the Holy Spirit wants me to emphasize in today's message that he wants our praise to go up. Mm -mm. Glory to God. You're going to see God move in your life in a great way. Acts chapter 16 verse 20 and they brought them to the magistrates and said these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up against uh, together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. So we have Paul and Silas. They had done a good deed. They had delivered a young woman that is demonized that cast that spirit out or, or Paul actually did. But now they are being punished persecuted, beaten for having done a good deed. They're beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them in the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. So what would take place back in the old Roman days is that after the beating took place and mind you that this was not under Jewish law. This is under Roman law. So Roman law had uh, a limit of 40 times that you could be hit or whipped. And so they would, they would always stop at 39 just in case they miscount it. And, uh, that way you don't go over 40, but this is not, uh, uh, Jewish law or anything like that. This is the Romans. So there's no limit. So if, you know, if the, if the guys doing the beating are really worked up, had a bad day, they might, they might just hit you 70 times or 80 times, or just pretty much beat you till you're almost dead. And then after they'd done that and your backs all tore up, you have big gouges all over your back and you know, deep, deep wounds and deep gouges. Then uh, they would take a bucket of salt water and they would throw that on your back. That way, you know, that would keep uh, uh, the maggots and stuff like that off of you. And that's about, that's about all you got. Then you were locked up and you just wrote out your sentence. But this is amazing what God is going to do here. Verse 24, we see that the jailer having received such a charge. He put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So their feet are locked down. They're not going anywhere. Verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. You know, the Holy Spirit can move upon you at the most unusual times. And you would think, well, uh, Holy Spirit, I, 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 you, you want me to sing a song right now to the Lord? Yep. Just go ahead and start singing. Mm-mm. I'll tell you what. Yes, there's times you stir yourself up. There is the sacrifice of praise. And even when it's a challenge and you do it, it is yet still the grace of God, the Holy Spirit that gives you the strength to do that praise. And you may think it took everything you had just to get your hands up. But yet there is that grace to do just that. And that is the Holy Spirit working in your life. I've had remarkable uh, uh encounters with the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I would say some of the rarest encounters I've had with him were uh, two times when I was at a very low moment when some things happened that were very, very difficult in my life. And the first time it happened, I I had, uh, I had never experienced anything like it where God, the Holy Spirit, and I knew it wasn't the father because he's in heaven. I knew it wasn't Jesus. He's in heaven but i knew absolutely that it was the holy spirit and the holy spirit came and grabbed me and held me now let me say this before that i had had various encounters with angels i had had angels in visions talk to me and i had had uh, sensations of even bumping into angels but i have uh, i had never had a situation like where i was when i was held by the holy spirit it was quite remarkable. Now, I have also had an encounter in the throne room of heaven, where the heavenly Father God, Abba Father God, has taken me and has held me in His arms, and uh, it's the same thing in the sense God is God. But I tell you, when the Holy Spirit held me that one particular time, it was a different type of a uh, comfort that was being released. Because I was upset about something. So when I, of course, now the other experience when I was in heaven and the father held me, I wasn't really upset. I was just overwhelmed and happy to be there. (laughs) And he picked me up uh, and pulled me into uh, his, uh, you know, up against his chest. And I've told about that vision before, you know, these gigantic cans, each hand three times bigger than the pulpit. And he pulled me in and he sat me on his lap. Almighty Abba father held me and he said three words that, Shook my world to the very core. He said, "I love you," and my whole life played before me, like in movie segment scenes. I could, I mean, it took me back until I could see events that took place when I was a little boy at elementary school and other events in life. And when God spoke those three words, it ushered divine healing into my, into my heart, into my soul area. And so that was a beautiful experience. But the experience with the Holy Spirit when he held me was a different experience because I was upset. And the Holy Spirit was pouring in, I would call like uh, some kind of supernatural comforting ability. Now, yes, we know that he's the comforter. Oh, but but when you really encounter him as the uncomforter, you realize he is there to remove discomfort the, the agony that the enemy would try to pierce you with. He is there to bring a supernatural consoling help. And I've had him do it twice where he actually came to me and just grabbed me and held me. Pastor Stephen, are you saying that the Holy Spirit has arms? Yes, absolutely. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit as some kind of ethereal cloud or like Star Wars where you have the force. (laughs) <laughs> you cannot have a force unless, unless there's a person behind so-called force, okay? So um, the Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not a fog. Uh, he is the third person of the Godhead deity. Father God, Jesus the Son, the Eternal Word, and the Holy Spirit. Woo! Glory to God. I've had him hold me before. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you sense deeply the love that he has for you. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit sing a song to you before? Mm. I've had the Holy Spirit sing to me before with the most beautiful voice. And he has sung songs to me before. Mm-mm. See, the scripture says you shall have a song in the night. Pastor Stephen, what do I do when the Holy Spirit would sing a song? Well, you start singing along with him. Praise God. And you'll see that that song will glorify Jesus. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. So the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need. He knows which way to take you. And I'm sharing some things today that I believe will open some of you up. Many of you up is my prayer. But will open you up to the realm of visions and these glorious type encounters. So that you really get at the true meaning of actually what the Holy spirit is after. Let me, let me explain when I was younger in the Lord and I would have a supernatural experience, say like a vision and I could see in the spirit realm and an angel would share something with me. Uh, It would be a great experience. But after this spirit experience was over, I was more excited about the encounter than I was actually about the message that the angel came to bring. Hmm. Isn't that fascinating? I'll give you an example. I've, I've talked about the time where I met two angels. They were in, they were actually in the back seat of the car. I was in the garage. The car was parked in the garage. I sat in the garage to be quiet so I could pray. I could still hear noise in the, in the house. So I went and sat in the car parked in the garage so I'd have total quietness and I could worship the Lord. While I was worshiping the Lord, I heard swoosh and the car in, in my sensation. It's like, I could tell the car went down like, like some weight had been added to the car. And I knew that two angels had come and sat in the back seat of the car. And, um, so I, I began to have a conversation in prayer with the Lord. I said, Lord, two angels just came and sat in the back seat of the car. He said, yes, they did. And, I said, what are are those angels here for? He said, they're here to help you with your times of prayer and fasting. I said, Lord, that's wonderful. I said, what are their names? He said, Joash and Josiah. Mm." I said, thank you, Lord. Mm." Well, uh, I did probably what any of you would do out of curiosity after the Lord had told me their names. And yes, they are sitting back there. Uh, I turned around and looked. I just turned around and there. Sitting in the back seat of the car were two angels, and I have to admit it was a little unusual, a little unusual for me because I'd always heard that angels have golden hair. They all have blonde hair and they all wear white robes. That's the standard dress code for for heaven. Well, the first thing I noticed is they did not have white robes on and that they did not have blonde golden hair. They had black hair, and their hair came down to their shoulders. It was black, just as black as a raven. And their eyes were black also, but not in an evil way, in a very sacred way. They looked like Tahitian pearls, shiny and uh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, To me, the whole thing surrounding it was the spirit of the fear of the Lord. It was very, very sacred. They had beautiful, uh, brilliant eyes. Their eyes weren't dark, but their eyes were black in the sense like they were dark color. Uh, but they were very illuminated, very beautiful. And they had crimson red. I would the, the robes were not red, but they were crimson. Crimson is a red color. Deep, thick, crimson, uh, velvety-type robes. Woo! Hallelujah. Well, I was looking at those angels. I thought, whoo, whoo, praise the Lord. And when I turned around back to the front, all the hair on the back of my neck stood up. <laughs> because when I turned around, they're sitting in the front Uh, uh, front passenger seat was the Lord Jesus. And he'd been there the whole time. That's why the the conversation I was having was so clear. Like you ever been on like a a cell phone when you have a super clear reception, it's like the person's in the next room, even though they may be 2000 miles away. Well, that's why the the reception was so so clear. He was sitting right there the whole time, but now I could see him and uh, whoo! wow, that that's a different story of kind of how that unfolded. But let me say this. You could have a vision, you could have an experience and you think that was glorious and it is, but don't forget what the whole thrust of it is. The Lord Jesus was sending into my life and into my ministry two angels for the purpose of prayer and fasting. And later I thought, I thought about that. I said, wait, what, wait a minute. Those angels, those angels are not here for pizza parties. Wow. Lord, how come you didn't send the pizza angels, the seafood angels? How come you didn't see the uh, send the cake and the pie angels (laughs) God's man of pizza welcome to the pulpit the apostle of pizza no there were two angels of prayer and fasting and I'm not saying I'm uh, I'm an apostle of prayer or fasting but I I am saying that that's what those angels were sent to my life for and then you realize oh that means I have a ministry in this area and as exciting as the vision was the reality is is the message that was delivered to me you're going to be doing a lot of prayer and a lot of fasting Mm-mm. and i must say that in the end times the church will move into these areas like daniel the prophet and daniel uh, is a key figure in the end times to look towards he had under he had understanding and insight into the day and age in which we live now we're not in the final days where the Ten-toe kingdom comes forth with the Antichrist that he's going to rule over. But we will see these things form, and we will be at a very high level of impact as the body of Christ in the earth. But before things go into a place where the man of lawlessness begins to come on the scene, uh, come on the scene, Jesus will come for the church. He will come for his bride and take the bride to be with him. Praise God. And then then the the Antichrist who has been withheld, who has been restrained by the overcoming church that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, then he will come forth and things will go very, very quickly into a very, very uh, crazy world. Praise God. My friends, we're going to get a lot done while we're still here. We're going to get all that God has called us, get done all that God has called us to do. But I want you to be aware of the ministry of the Holy Spirit Because he can unveil things to you. He's the one that opens up the spirit realm. And allows you to experience whether it's seen in the spirit realm. See, hear, taste, touch, or smell. These all take place by the Holy Spirit. And you cannot get into the spirit without the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now there is a spirit realm. And there are those who trespass into that realm unlawfully or illegally. But Jesus said, I'm the true shepherd and anybody that comes in any other way, climbs up any other way is false. They are, uh, they're illegal. So we will not use any form of illegal means because if you do that, you're on the devil's turf and you'll get demonized and, uh, you will have the enemy come march into your life full power. He might offer you that access with the trade off, But the trade-off is always awful consequences in one's life. Don't ever dabble in the occult. Don't ever dabble in new age. Don't ever play with uh, what would be considered low forms of occultism, such as, uh, you know, Wicca or, uh, you know, white uh, witchcraft or stuff like that. It is all satanic. It's all evil. And if you play with that, you will allow Satan to send evil spirits into your life. And they may show you a few things through illicit access into these realms uh but my friends it uh the devil will extract a tremendous price for that so we walk with the lord we walk with the holy spirit and the holy spirit opens it up as he wills but he's very very willing and as you draw near to the lord you can be like the prophets of old that were very very discerning between good and evil and also between uh, what is going on between the natural and the spiritual. Praise God. Even as Elisha said, there's more with us than there are with them. And the, the young assistant prophet just couldn't see it. Why? His eyes were not open to see into the spirit realm. But God is raising up an end time Enoch generation of believers. For there will not be a singular Enoch. There will be a whole company of those who walked with God and were not because the Lord took him. And that's an end time representation of the church that will be lifted up the spotless bride that will be taken up in the last day. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus glory to God. All right. Now let's go back to what the Holy spirit would be emphasizing to us in this moment. Verse 25, but at midnight, now, midnight was the literal time, but we also understand that they did not have clocks. They did not have smartphones, and it's not like Paul looked and said, well, it's midnight. They had an understanding of that sense. So it could also represent not only that hour of night, but difficult times that you would pass through in life. Verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. You know, there will be times when the Holy spirit will awaken you and he may even use external factors to wake you up. Maybe a loud noise, maybe a fire truck or a police siren going by and you think, well, that woke me up and you're up and you sense, you sense the Holy spirit. Well, I would suggest go ahead and get up, spend a little time with the Lord And see where that goes and see what the Holy Spirit would unveil to you. And it could be also just to sing and worship the Lord. Maybe Jesus, maybe he just wants a little bit of praise from your side of the world because maybe everybody else is asleep and Jesus thinks over here on this side of the world is dark and everybody's sleeping, but I would like a little praise to come up from over there. And maybe you're the one to wake up in the middle of the night and have a song in the night and sing it to the Lord. Mm-mm. I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit will lead you in to those types of situations, or maybe you're in prison, maybe you're in prison falsely, or maybe you're preli- you're imprisoned because things were twisted, and uh, perhaps you did something wrong, but it was uh, it was narrated to a judge in the wrong way, and now you're serving something that uh, should have been minor, but perhaps it's major. You find yourself there. Well, wherever we're at, we want to honor the Lord and we want to praise the Lord and not grumble or complain, but say, Lord, come on into this situation. Come on into my life because I'm going to praise you right now. Even in the midst of my midnight experience of being in a dark, dank, cold cell, And this is, this is my result, Lord, of having preached for you and having delivered a young girl from the power of the devil, but Lord, here I am, but I'm not going to complain. Hey, Silas, I got a song coming up in my spirit. Paul, that's just what we need. Paul, strike it up. You start singing and I'll join in. And my friends, that's what they were doing. They were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed your prayers and your praise can cause great breakthroughs in your life but your prayers and your praise can also cause a shock impact effect where you get hit with the blessing the power of God chains fall off of you and boom they fall off others that are under that Uh, atmosphere or within that that proximity of the release of God's power and they fell off every single prisoner there in the jail by the way church history teaches us that every single person that was in that jail not only Paul and Silas but all the others were let loose they were they were set free and a church was started and the church was made up initially of 100% former convicts because they were every one of them was one of those members that were in that jail when that earthquake hit and the power of God came on the scene. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. A matter of fact, Paul, the apostle wrote a letter, an epistle to that very church in the Bible, but I won't tell you which one it was, but that church was originally launched and built with all of its original former members. All of them were former convicts and they came out of this experience right here. What would have happened? Paul and Silas would have said, you know what, Lord, I don't think this is very fair treatment the way we're uh, being treated in here. And Lord, we just, I tell you what, Lord, once we get out of this, we're going to have to re- rethink this ministry career. We're going to have to rethink this ministry path because this is, this is, uh, this is very difficult, but no. No, they're all in. And I know that you're all in also. You've committed fully to the Lord Jesus Christ all the way, all the way. And My friends, we just need to be those that praise the Lord. And it is the power of the Holy Spirit to unveil the spirit realm. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that releases angels to come and to go. Woo, praise God, because he's on the earth with us right now. I was in Virginia years back and we were doing a revival meeting at a certain church and it was day number four, the final day of the revival meeting. And I was in the hotel room all by myself. My wife and daughter had gone in the town to do a few things and also to kind of free me up so I could have uh, more uninterrupted time to pray. So I was all by myself in the hotel room and I was getting ready for the evening service. And after I'd prayed for quite some time, you know, you get, you get everything covered in prayer. I just was kind of finished praying. So now I just started praising and I just was walking around with my hands up, praising, praising the Lord, Jesus, I worship you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I believe you're going to do miracles tonight, Lord. I just give you glory and honor. And I praise you. And right there in that hotel room, while I was praising the Lord, suddenly The whole atmosphere in the room shifted, and the room began to get filled with the glory of God as an angel sent straight from heaven came into the room and stood two feet behind my left shoulder. And that angel spoke something very special to me. And by the way, this story is recorded in my book, Working with Angels. We have this book available on our website. If you want the ultra fast copy, you can go to many other sources online and just download it as an ebook. Boom. You can have it within a minute. <laughs> this story comes from page 163. And the angel came in and he said this to me. He said, That's why you were allowed to find lost keys, because praise is the lost key to victory. Now previously, just a few days uh, before. I had gone to the Virginia to these, do these revival meetings. I had helped a friend spread some pine needles. And uh, we're putting the pine needles out real thick, like that thick, for a little bit of landscape work to make the place look pretty. He was about to have a meeting, and some people were coming for a Christian meeting, and he was just trying to do a little touch-up. I said, let, let me help you. And I helped spread the pine needles all around. We did that for about 20 minutes, and then we were done. And I noticed an area where the pine needles were just seemed to be a little bit too high. And I was going to go over there and push them down. So I walked over to this one area and, and pushed the pine needles down just a little bit. And when I did that, I heard a very slight like clink, like metallic type sound. And I thought, well, I wonder what in the world could, could that have been? And I dug down through the pine needles. Remember they were about a foot uh, deep and I dug down through the pine needles And I saw something that seemed to be a piece of metal sticking up out of the ground. And I dug a little bit further, and there were my keys to my car. While I was working, when I had started working, they must have just fallen out of my pocket. They landed on the ground. Then they somehow got stomped on and stepped on while we were out there doing things. And you know what? I never, ever would have found those keys, even if we pulled all the pine needles back. I still don't think I could have found them. But that angel came, and that angel said to me, He said, that's why you were allowed to find lost keys because praise is the lost key to victory. You know, the whole time I was putting those pine needles out, I was just praising the Lord. I said, Lord, I thank you that I can help out my brother. I thank you for this beautiful weather. I thank you for the Carolina blue skies. Thank you for the Carolina blue. Woo, hallelujah. Jesus, thank you for the meetings I'm going to in just a few more days. God, I praise you. Let me ask you a question. Do you think I would have found uh, those keys if I had not been praising the Lord? Perhaps. Perhaps just because of the goodness and mercy of the Lord. But I have found that when you praise the Lord like that on purpose, just continually, then God does unusual things for you. And you have strange, uh, I would even call them strange encounters with the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, you try to talk to some other Christians and they're like, I don't understand how this stuff happens. My friends, when you praise the Lord, you invite God in his supernatural power to come into your life and to do what you could never do in your own. And that's why We see in Zechariah, it's not by might nor your power. It's by the Holy Spirit. Woo. Praise God. He knows everything. He's almighty. Praise the Lord. And as he helps you to worship the Lord, to praise God. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Jesus responds with great delight. And so often will not just, will not only do what you desire, do what the need is. So often he goes beyond it. Praise God. You ready for a little bit more? As the Holy Spirit moves in your life, sometimes you'll find yourself doing a little, you're doing things that, um, excuse me just for a moment while I drink some water. Sometimes you find yourself doing some things that might be a little bit on the wild side. Praise God. Uh, Not too long ago, Just a few months back, I had flown out to California, Southern California, my wife and I, to see uh, my spiritual father. Uh, He's getting on up there in age. He still has strength, still has all of his wit. He's still smart as a tack, still anointed as ever. Uh, But time is marching on. So I went out there to receive a special laying on of hands and impartation from him. We had a great time together. The Lord's already blessed me. I just, I just knew that the Lord had something special. So we went out there, and um, before he even prayed for me, we were at the, uh, we had a certain restaurant, real, real nice restaurant, high-end restaurant. And uh, we're having a meal together, myself, my precious wife, and our spiritual father. And uh, while we were there eating, I had to go to the bathroom. I said, y'all, excuse me. I'll be right back. And so I went to the bathroom. <laughs> now, this is a real, like, high-end restaurant. You know, um, uh, people are I think it was like a Friday night. And so everybody's really, you know, you got a lot of party people. This is not a party restaurant. I'm not at a bar or something like that. But you have a lot of people that are kind of snooty, and you know how it can be. And so I'm in this, I'm in the bathroom. Even the bathroom's real nice, you know, granite all over the walls and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm in the bathroom. And I'm using the restroom. I went into one of the men's stalls and I closed the door and somebody came in. A man came in and he's on his, he's on his cell phone (laughs) and he's talking to somebody on his cell phone and he's talking real loud. You know, he's obnoxious. He's rude. He's loud. I don't know if he's drunk or not, but he's real loud. And uh, so he's talking on the phone and while he's on the phone, he curses God's name. uh, GD. He blasphemes God's name real loud, real loud. But he's not even thinking anything about it. He's just on the phone. Woo. And while he's on the phone talking, the moment he did that, and he blasphemed God's name, and I'm not saying that you should do this or something like that. The Spirit of God came on me so strong, I shouted with everything in me. I screamed and said, Glory to God! Praise God for the blood of Jesus! Man, you talking about that guy. I mean, it was like, whew, he's. He didn't say anything. He still got the phone up to his ears. He didn't know what that was. And there's like a pause for maybe like five or seven seconds. And he starts talking again on the phone. to Whoever he's talking to is breaks up the conversation and he picks up the conversation and he curses God's name again. And he says it again. And such, such power of the spirit came out of me. I said, hallelujah. Praise God for the blood of Jesus. And he put his phone down and I could tell he, he was real quiet. And I opened up the stall It came out of the stall. He looked at me like I was crazy. I looked at him with a line of Judah on the inside of me, looking out of my eyes at him. And he looked at me. <laughs> he didn't know what to think. I just went over to the sink, washed my hands, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. washed my hands, dried them off, looked at him, and walked out. If you have the right, to curse and if you have the right to glorify the devil I have the right to glorify the Lord amen pastor Stephen that's unusual encounters with the spirit yep and you never know when they're going to happen praise God could I have suppressed that you yeah, maybe I probably would have imploded if I had of but I just I you know sometimes you just don't care just go for it well pastor Stephen you you're in a very influ- uh, affluent area you, what would people think who cares who cares? Praise God. It just poured out of me. So I then went out, went right back to my seat uh, and picked up my meal right where I left off. Had a wonderful night. Wonderful time. I told my wife about it later. She laughed because I've done those things quite a few times before. Hallelujah. One night, uh, this was maybe like 20 years ago. I had gone uh, out to a remote place in a park to, to pray. And I, uh, this was a beautiful park, but it was maybe like two 30 in the morning. And so I had gone over by some bushes and I had knelt down and I was praying and I was really having a glorious time with the Lord when, when suddenly about, about seven, uh, hoodlums showed up and they came out to literally the vandalize the park and they started kicking things and they were cursing. They were laughing and they looked like they were drunk and they were just they were just wild all, all guys like seven guys all wild, probably all in their early 20s and they were just kicking stuff over and mad and, and cursing and and and, I, uh, and the spirit of God came on me like Samson and I jumped out of the bushes and I screamed Hallelujah! And it struck every single one of them with terror with terror one guy screamed and said oh my God <laughs> I said, "Repent, all of you, in the name of the Lord, for God sees what you're doing, and He's greatly displeased with it." Woo, woo, woo! They were they were butter, total butter. Mm. They'll never forget it. They'll never forget it for the rest of their life. Mm, mm, mm. praise the Lord. I had a I had a situation where the Lord thrust me into the life of two young men that almost killed themselves by being drunk and who it happened strangest thing happened at one o'clock in the morning. Knock on the door. I was in a way in a remote cabin here in Moravian Falls on the backside of a mountain all by myself tucked away on purpose to write to write and to seek the Lord and at one o'clock in the morning. There's a knock on the door. I drunk a drunk guy at the door and tells me we've had an accident, me and my friend. Well, you know, they'd had an accident. All right. They had almost gone off the mountain ledge and the back axle got caught on a stump. Somebody cut a tree down a long time ago and that back axle of their vehicle caught the stump. And without that, they would have plunged straight to the bottom. They would have died. And so I, I went down there, took my truck down there, but the one guy, I drove him down there, got down to where they were at, the site of the accident, called the sheriff. It took the sheriff 45 minutes just to get there. I'm telling you, this is out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I laid into him with the gospel. What are you doing out 1 o'clock in the morning driving around? You should be living for Jesus. You should give your life to the Lord. And you just you pour your heart into him. You you're, you're not mean, but you, you also sometimes people need a sobering up. Well, I sobered them up, praise God. And then the sheriff shows up, told me, yeah, he said, they're both drunk. And uh, he said, he said they're fortunate they're not dead. Well, I did my job, then I left. Years go by. Years go by. And um, believe it or not, I had a, a, a young man that had lived on that mountain, a friend of mine. He was a young man. He went off to college, and years later, he ran into somebody and, and he, they just struck up a conversation and they realized they're both from the same county. And that other, that other young man who's now grown up said, he said, yeah, he said, I had a wild experience. He said, you used to live on that mountain? He said, the other young guy the, guy, the other guy said, yeah, I did. He said, man, I had a crazy experience on that mountain where I almost killed myself. And this guy named Stephen Brooks came around and preached the gospel. Me. He said, I know Stephen Brooks. <laughs> he said, I've had a lot of fun with Stephen Brooks. And that young man is now grown up too. But that guy still remembered years later that experience. I'm talking about unusual encounters with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Praise the Lord. There is the spirit of might. He'll come up on you and empower you to do the most unusual things. Say the most unusual things. Get ready for this. Get ready for this. He's going to come up some of you to dance, to dance because God wants to do a miracle and he wants you to dance if nothing else, because Jesus wants to see you do it. Oh now, Pastor Steve, now you gotta hold on just a moment. You don't you don't know the kind of a person I am. I'm I'm reserved, and uh, maybe you're watching me and you're uh, Presbyterian, maybe you're watching me and you're Anglican or something like that. Or who, or who knows, maybe you're watching me and you're Baptist. It doesn't matter. I'll guarantee you one thing. I guarantee you one thing. When you get to heaven, you don't you think you're not going to dance? You think when you're on those streets of gold and you realize I've made it, I'm there, woohoo! You don't. You think you're going to stand there all reserved and dignified? You're going to be dancing all over the place. Mm-hmm. So there will be times when the Holy Spirit wants you. He won't force you, but he wants you to worship the Jesus through dancing, dance in advance before you ever see the miracle. Mm-hmm. Just dance and praise the Lord. Dance and praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. I had the funny thing about two years ago when, maybe it was three years ago when I was ministering in California and uh, uh, started doing my little funny dance at the end of the message and I was up there preaching and started doing my little, uh, you know, dance or whatever. And, uh, you know, later after that service was over, a guy came that was in that meeting, came up to my wife. He said, where, where in the world did your pastor, I mean, excuse me, did your husband learn uh, swag dancing like that? And my, my wife said, uh, Stephen doesn't swag dance. He wasn't swag dancing. He's just dancing in the spirit, acting silly like he does in the spirit. The guy goes, oh, oh no, no, no. He said, I am a professional swag dancer. He goes, I, I go to dancing competitions. He goes, your husband was doing the, the Carolina swag dance. And my wife was like, no, no, he's dancing in the spirit. He's like, no, no, no. He, that, he's doing the Carolina swag dance. And would you believe when I got back? When we got back, we drove back into town, there was a big billboard up right by the Holiday Inn that said, Swag Dance coming next few days. Sometimes you got to dance in the spirit. Mm -mm -mm. You don't have to do no dirty, vulgar dancing. Like uh, the young girl did in front of uh, Herod. No, something and you don't need to do something and flame somebody with lust. No, we're talking about dancing in the spirit that will glorify Jesus. Jumping, praise the Lord, spinning around, worshiping the Lord. You can do that all by yourself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And there could be times also when the Holy Spirit wants you to do it in church or do it when you're with other believers and sisters in the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't know if I can do that. Been, you've been having too much prune juice. Hallelujah. You need to get liberated. You've been drinking too much vinegar. Hallelujah. You need to get happy and dance in the Spirit and be free. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. These are things of the Spirit, these are unusual encounters with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the Lord. Now, the Lord, Lord wants to do miracles in your life, and he wants you to praise him. But also, not just because of the miracles, but just because of who he is. Praise the Lord. Just jump up sometime and say, Jesus, I praise you. Start dancing all over your room, all over your room. Praise God. Depression will never touch the believer who will do that. For the believer that will do that, you'll never know dementia or Alzheimer's. Never. Hallelujah. Not when you're up praising Jesus, glorifying the Lord, shouting hallelujah. No, no. The devil cannot keep a man or woman like that down. Praise the Lord. It is a, it's a remedy against the attacks of the enemy. Because when you praise the Lord, what happens is the angels actually chain the enemies. That would work against you. He puts them in fetters. You go free and they get bound. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So when you praise God. God's power comes on the scene. The angels come on the scene. Your harvest is expedited. And also God does many special favors. For those that praise him. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. David was very. Unique. He was a man after God's own heart. That's because he knew how to praise God. He knew how to worship the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And the tabernacle of David is being fully restored. It's being fully restored. This is what I've noticed something very interesting in perhaps what we would call the charismatic movement or maybe the prophetic movement. Tell me if you've noticed this, that in today's prophetic churches and so forth, they, they can, they can worship really well, but they don't know how to praise. And it's the praise that brings God's power on the scene. It's the praise that creates the breakthrough. And it's like, they don't, they don't know how to praise, but they like the worship and they worship all the time. But something about praise, there's a missing revelation. And this is why the angel sent from heaven personally told me. He was, he, was, he was like illuminated with like a blue glow. He had just come straight from heaven. That's why the glory was on him so strong. That's why he said praise is, is the lost key. It's the lost key to victory. And you'd be surprised how many Christians don't know how to praise the Lord or just won't do it. But I'm here today saying that you have an instruction manual, 150 songs or Psalms, and you have the Holy Spirit with you on the inside of you who will help you tear up the carpet. Mm, mm, mm. Glory to the Lord. Praise God. And some of you, if you're maybe frustrated or you're just, you, you feel depressed, you need to get up and just praise the Lord in the dance literally until you just about fall out. Amen. Hallelujah. It release all, it will release all kinds of good, uh, uh, healthy chemicals into your body that, you know, your brain has happy moments and it causes all of that to be released and flushed throughout your bloodstream brings healing into your body and you'll be so happy. But most importantly of all the cry of the Lord upon the cross, I thirst It's more than just give him something to drink. He thirsts for praise. Why? He doesn't get his cup filled up very often on that. Lord, I worship you. Worship is beautiful. Uh, And after you've praised, there will come a spirit of worship. But the power, the, the power is in the praise. Praise God. Praise has that bite. It has that punch. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Mm -mm. that praise will get the headache off of you. It will get the depression off of you. Next time you feel like the enemy is trying to depress you, just jump up and start dancing all over your room and praising the Lord saying, thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful day. Mm -mm. Somebody you're watching me and it's rainy outside and cold outside. And the weather forecast says the sun's not going to come out for the next 10 days. Just jump up. Anyhow, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit can illuminate you and make you happy right where you're at. Praise God. Amen. And you can see very easily with the Spirit's power how you are a city. The church sat on a hill. You can't hide that. You can't hide joy. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Amen. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people. I pray for angelic intervention. Father, I pray for the fellowship of the Holy Spirit to begin the flow in a new dimension where your people yield. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Thank you, O God. O God, we give you praise. We give you praise and glory. We give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. I see your people having Strange encounters, unusual encounters, and loving every minute of it, every moment of it. Oh, God, we give you praise. Thank you. Thank you, oh, God. Let Jesus be exalted. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. I see the garment of heaviness coming off. And I see the spirit of praise being upon you. You wear it like a garment, praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Mm. Praise God. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit, ministering to your people in the area of specific need and also what it is the Lord wants in that moment. What type of praise? Oh, God, we thank you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I see praise as never being a lost key for you ever again. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Christ, the Savior of the world, as your personal Savior, you need to know that he died on the cross for you as a sinless man, He laid his life down and paid the penalty for your sins so that if you put your faith and trust in him, you could receive his eternal life and forgiveness of sins. If you would like to get your life right with God right now, pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, I turn from my sin and I commit my life. 100% to you right now. Jesus, save me. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Those of you that have prayed that, welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Mm. Wow. Uh, angelic encounters are very, very near. Some of you. Angelic very, very uh, encounters are very, very near for some of you. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Praise God. Let's take Holy Communion together today. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the bread, the juice. We consecrate it and set it apart as holy through this prayer. And we thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, thank you that we have a glorious inheritance. And we step into that by the power of your spirit. And Father, we, we follow that anointing of your spirit To give you praise. We follow that anointing. Thank you, O God. We give you praise, O Lord. Hallelujah. And Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we thank you that we receive the Spirit's touch, the Spirit's power to move forward, to always be in motion forward. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake of the Lord's body. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for forgiveness of sins, cleansing from all unrighteousness through the Lord's blood. Thank you, Father God. We ask that you would forgive us and we forgive anybody that sinned against us. We give you praise. Thank you, Father God, for your spirit's power flowing in our lives. and Thank you for hearts of praise. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of the Lord. When praising the Lord, begin by just thanking him for all that he's done. Thank you for your job. Thank you for your spouse. Or if you're single and you want to stay single, thank, you for, thank him for your singleness and him preserving you in that. Thank the Lord for everything that the Holy Spirit will help you to bring up. And give the Lord praise for it. Praise Him for everything. Praise Him for your health. Praise Him for your children. Praise Him that He is working in your life. And just give Him all of the praise that you can. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This will keep you fresh. This will keep a strong anointing upon your life. Praise God. And in closing, thank you for standing with this ministry as we move forward and establish this new branch within the ministry, the aviation branch. So thank you for sowing towards the hangar project and I'll keep you posted as we move towards that completion of that project. I would really like to hear from you between anytime between now and thanksgiving. I'm going to be praying over all of your special offerings into this project. And I believe that we're going to see the glory of God manifest it and we'll be able to step through this open door. Thank you for standing with us. Praise God. Okay. Go praise the Lord. Go fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now see you back next time.